It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Today is Ham Benefit Day. That's still Shiny Ribs. They're playing over at that HEB where Nick Shuley's hanging out this morning. Uh, HEB on uh, Lake Austin Boulevard down by Lions Golf Course, Lions Municipal. And Shiny Ribs playing today. They're music all over town. It started at 6 a.m. this morning. It's the Ham Benefit Day. So get out there and uh, support local music. And you get to see some really entertaining people. Oh, yeah. Really talented people like Kevin Russell, who is a.k.a. Shiny Ribs. Shiny Ribs. Great name. It is. And he is. You want to talk about a great upbeat fun concert he puts on every single time uh really really good stuff so yeah, yeah. nick will be here tomorrow for the full recap for the uh, setlist atx and uh, music all over town just go to ham uh benefit.org two a's two a's yeah it's health austin for i uh for austin musicians health alliance for austin uh, austin musicians and uh, today's their big day so uh, myham.org is your website myham.org m-y-h-a-a-m.org Fabulous fifth quarter, Rod. Here we are. Fifth hour, baby. Fifth hour is here, and it's been an interesting morning. Two uh, ugly football games on Monday Night Football last night. Also had the uh, mm. the uh, conversation about Mel Tucker. How about Mel Tucker? Uh, the second yeah. Big Ten coach fired already, right, because you had the Northwestern situation with Pat Fitzgerald during the summer, and now Mel Tucker is out with controversy. And um, that story is uh, is percolating for sure in the Big Ten. Uh, and it's you know looking forward now to the biggest Saturday of college football so far with all the the ranked matchups and the big games. So we'll be, it's gonna be a, getting into mean, those. This is the and I gave this stat out earlier, but I think it's worth reiterating because you said last week, hey guys, make sure you get your honey do lists out of the way, get some points with wifey because this weekend coming up, you said it was gonna be a spectacular. Uh, just a star-studded affair when it came to the ranked matchups. Well, I'll give you this stat. Six ranked matchups this week. First time there's been this many ranked matchups on a September Saturday since 2006 when there were seven on a 9-16-2006. Yeah, schedule so makers. Uh, this was the know, weekend. Kind. Mm-hmm. Kind to the fans this week, without a doubt. And, uh, it's a sexy slate. It is. It's good stuff, man. I mean, it really is. And and it's 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 up and down the day, the day part. If their games Friday, they're good, uh, which is which is exciting to see. So yeah, it, it's into your weekend. Um, you know, even like like the Auburn A and M game will be interesting to to keep an eye oh, on, for, right? For A and M, that's it's not that's a ranked a, game. That's but a big game for the huge Aggies. game. That's a big game, man. Yeah, I mean, even the bad. I guess even the un- unranked games are some really good ones that people. I want to see Cincinnati play Oklahoma. on, Saturday, on Saturday. It's because Oklahoma has not really been tested yet, uh, and Cincinnati should provide the best test they've had so far, and that's on the road, correct? That's yeah, in, at in Nippert Cincinnati. Stadium in Cincinnati. At what? Nippert. 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 Wow, that's an unfortunate name. Nippert Stadium. Nippert, Nippert Stadium. Well, look at 11 a.m. on Saturday. you got Florida State Clemson at 11 at Death Valley. Oklahoma. That's, and that's a sexy one, too, even though it's not ranked. Clemson, right. we'll see if they look a little bit better yeah. against Florida State. Well, of course, they laid the egg against Duke where they fumbled the football mm. and turned the ball over at the goal line so often. Duke upset them, so they're out of the top 25 now. But Florida State's there. 
Oklahoma's at Cincinnati. Those are both your 11 a.m. games. And then at 2.30, you got Colorado-Oregon, which you know with Deion Sanders will be must-see TV for everybody across the country. Also at 2.30, UCLA-Utah, UCLA, Ole Miss-Alabama, all kicking off at 2.30. So three big-time games at the 2.30 window. Also at, uh, then in the evening, you've got Arkansas-LSU, uh, Oregon State-Washington in the evening. Ohio State Notre Dame is the primetime affair. That'll be the big one. Is the monster game? A yeah. couple of top uh, ten teams, and look, I I think right now Notre Dame is a little bit better than Ohio State as far as their quarterback play. We talk about quarterbacks Sam and how Hartman, important man. it is, right? Hartman. Sam Hartman's playing great, and Ohio yeah. State just finally got their offense on track last week. But they're they're breaking in a new quarterback, and this Sam Hartman guy is off to a great start to his Notre Dame career so far. Um, yeah, he's, he, he's been fantastic really, for the last two 13 years. 13 touchdowns, no picks, Rod. Yeah, he's been great for that. We just don't – nobody watches him because he was at Wake Forest in the ACC. But he actually has been one of the better quarterbacks in the country for the last two years. He's actually been a captain every year that he's been a college quarterback, which is wow. Like, how do you do that even as a, a young starting quarterback, underclassman starting quarterback? So, uh, no, he's he's the real deal, and I'm with you. I think him, his veteran play and just his composure out there for uh, Notre Dame makes such a huge difference. And that's what Ohio State does not have. They got the system. Still Ryan Day's system. They got the talent. Marvin Harrison. Yeah, they got the talent in the system. They don't have the composure at the quarterback position. Texas got the system and the quarter and the uh, receivers too. But sometimes, what do we lack with Quinn? A little composure in the pocket. Just a little composure. So that's I, it, it is no doubt that position, man. You just we can't. It's just so invaluable. You can't quantify what a veteran well, quarterback can do for you. Yeah. Just can't. Well, and listen to this answer from, from Sark yesterday about Quinn Ewers, right? Uh, somebody asked him at the end of the press conference on Monday, you know, do you, do you sometimes have to remind yourself that he's only played 13 mm-hmm. games in college football, that he's still a young guy? Well, Sark, you'll hear him. He, he still sounds like he's holding Quinn to a higher bar, and he needs to play better. Here's, uh, here's Sark yesterday. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I do remind myself of that, but I also know he's had – two full off seasons with us, you know, two spring balls, two training camps, two summer workouts and, and player led practices. Um, he's played in some, some great environments and some big games against quality opponents. Um, so as much as I remind myself, okay, this might be a little new for him. I also know he's been in some really you know big time environments and has performed at the highest level in those environments and maybe some other ones, not so hot, but I think, He's learned from those, and so um, I trust in Quinn. Like, this guy is more than capable of, of having a big-time season for us. Every game's going to go differently, you know, and, and the fact that he knows he has a team around him that he can rely on, too, that he doesn't have to make every play, I think is beneficial for, for everybody. Yeah, well, I mean, he's played enough to not have – you know, off games like he did the other night, I think would be my read of that. It's come on, we we mm. we need and Sark put it on himself too. Blame yeah. himself for the play calling. The, the game plan wasn't a game plan that matched up well with what Wyoming was doing. He admitted that too. Because um, I, I, but like I said I still defend the game plan. You're like, why well, you defend the game plan? Because game plans are constructed based on your strengths, trying to match up your strengths with their weaknesses. 
Right? That's how game plans are usually built. You identify what their weaknesses are. You go, okay, you know what? Their strength is their defensive front. Their weakness is their secondary. What's our strength? Well, our strength is the passing game, all of our weapons, which nobody can really match up with, uh, with JT Sanders and X-Man and A.D. Mitchell and Jay Witt. And then, you know, and obviously that matches up really well with their weakness, which is their secondary. So it was a work in progress. Even uh, Coach Bowles talked about that. Well, they went out of their way. Their game plan was to essentially hide uh, their 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 back seven defenders. They wanted they they did not want Tex to be able to exploit them in isolated one on one situations. So their whole game plan was built on making sure that they insulated and protected their secondary yeah. while Texas was trying to go after them. So the it, it just Texas game plan didn't match up. What they thought would be a weakness wasn't a weakness because they basically supported their secondary with the game plan. The yeah. game plan. Well, the coach was anticipated to it. was let's wait, let's hear Craig Bowl now. I yeah. had this this audio okay. of Craig Bowl from his press conference yesterday saying, "Look, we we kind of thought they might be a little little flat coming off the Alabama game, and 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 then make the comment you just made about their secondary." The defensively, you know, I thought Coach Savell came up with a really good game plan to try to muddy the waters. Um, we felt like they may be off a little bit. It's been my experience when a team comes back from playing a game like that. You know, they may be a little bit. Uh, Disjointed, I think Coach Sarkeesian talked about that after their game, but I thought Coach Savell did a nice job, you know, not putting our secondary in really precarious situations to where we we're going to be locked in one-on-one, and we're going to make them go the long, hard way. Uh, they did come up with, uh, you know, a big play on a now screen, and I think the guy runs a 10.18. I've never seen anybody that fast. Xavier, I've never seen anybody that fast. He, he, ran, he actually was clocked at 21 miles per hour, according to Real Analytics. He was running. X-Man was clocked at 21. So there's no inches. way when you were, or Arch Manning was that fast in the offseason, <laughs> right? I don't think it was sustained for more than a millisecond. <laughs> <laughs> it might have hit it, but it, how long did he sustain it? You know what I mean? Could he sustain he, it they, for, The report was, what, 20 miles an hour? Yeah, it was running yeah, 20. 20 uh, miles no, hour. No way. I think it was Sark that said it. That was a, did, he do it, did he do it for more than 10 yards? Because I think X-Man could do it for like, 20 yards. I hit 21 miles. You know what I mean? And he probably gets going. Yes. Zero to 60 is way there faster. There you go. So I think it's a lot. And he might have hit 20, but like I said, how, how long did he maintain it? And, yeah, in what situation did he hit? I think X-Man could hit it, like Ty said, probably within a five to seven yard you know, stretch. He could hit. He can get 20, max speed. I don't know if Arch can get to max speed that quickly. Yeah, so. X-Man is, is a blur he is. Uh, I get, when he yeah. gets the ball in his And hand. he's going to get drafted later. I think he's not going to go early in the first round. He's just a little. He'll get drafted late in the first round, which is so good for he's him. He's so he'll go, slight. He'll go to a good team. Yeah, he will. He'll go like to Kansas City. And he'll you know what I mean? He'll go like the, <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. They're going to like him. Kansas City loves receivers like that. They do. Uh, especially ones that can catch, not mm, Kadarius Tony. Speed. <laughs> Tony had a better game this week. He did have a better Can I play this, though, from Sark? Yeah. Talking about um, one of the things that I harp on, I'm, I'm concerned about their third down efficiency, but Sark. Uh, yesterday said something I said yesterday, which is, you know, our third down issues are starting on first down uh, when we're not staying ahead of the chains. And that's typical. When you have a team that's really good on third down, they're typically good on first and second down because they're staying in normal down and distance. And here's Sark saying that has got to be an improvement we make between now at Baylor and beyond. Well, you know, I think, one, we're a better team when we're really efficient on first down. And, and that's probably true for everybody. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but when we're good on first down, generally we almost avoid third downs uh, because first, second down, first, second down, first, second down. But also when you win on first down, it gives you much more manageable third downs to win with. And 
you know, when we get ourselves in trouble is when we, we, we put ourselves in third and long situations. And, and right now, that's just not quite a strength of ours. We need to get it to become a strength of ours, but we're not quite there yet. So we need to be really efficient on early downs. And when we can do, we can create some momentum that way. And we can really start sequencing plays in a manner to where the guys understand what's coming next and what's coming next. And so, um, you know, again, that, that's why our base game plan is so important to us and the guys understand it and understand our openers. Um, I touched on it the other night. You know, we, we're, we're so proud of what we're doing in the fourth quarter right now. And from where we were the last two years, it's great. But, man, we got to get back to being a really good team that starts fast and starts well and owns that game plan, which is something that was kind of a, uh, a trademark of ours for the first couple of years. So that's going to be a big point of emphasis this week of, of make sure we get back to owning the game plan and, and being efficient earlier in the game and not having to wait uh, till the fourth quarter. Yeah, Sark, I mean, Sark's first two years, he was the antithesis of what's happening right now, right, the complete opposite. The opening script, first 20 plays – was some of the best game planning preparation in the country. Texas would actually get up big leads on on teams and then collapse in the fourth quarter due to lack of adjustments, inability uh, to uh, counter your opponent's adjustments, and uh, just the lack of uh, resolve, right? They didn't respond well to adversity in the fourth quarter late in the second half. This team is the exact opposite. They respond really well to adversity uh, in the second half and fourth quarter. The coaches are doing a really good job of adjusting Adjustments and anticipating the adjustments of their opponents and coming up with creative counters. Uh, and they are a second-half team. They're a fourth-quarter team, but not a four-quarter team just yet. So I do think it's 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 in Sark's you know, DNA as a play caller to have that really good script, preparation, and game planning. But it's also clear that he emphasized second-half and fourth-quarter all offseason long, all spring, all training camp. And he is, by the way, getting return on that investment right now. He's getting what he well, emphasized. But now we got to get back to getting that fast start for Texas. Uh, in the first 20 plays last season, they averaged 9.5 points uh, for those first 20 plays. At this point, now they're at 4.3 points uh, averaging those first 20 plays. Well, and when he says win on first down, I mean, you can run the ball to win on first down, but you can also throw it. And that's what we saw against Wyoming that was just disjointed, right? I mean, it was throws behind. A lot of times he just runs that little quick game trying to get four or five yards, but you got to execute that play. Uh, the receiver has to catch it. Um, you can't have a first and 15 because the guy jumped off sides, which they mm-hmm. did a few times against Wyoming. And that's what he's talking about. And when they do, as mm-hmm. he said, when they execute on first down, they typically don't get the third down. They just march down the field because then they can go tempo, then they can come after yep. you and, <laughs> uh, and speed the game up which they're really good at, and I think uh, that will be a big game plan. They're playing their first ever night game at McLean Stadium. It's the 113th meeting with Baylor, but the first ever at night in that building. They've only played day games since that building opened. Um, three 11 o'clock kicks, and at 2.30, this will be the first night game under the lights at McLean Stadium. Can I give you oh, – go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, say, I also think it's easier uh, to for Sark to write that script. I think in his first two years, he had a better muse – for his opening scripts, and Bichon. what I bet a better muse, I mean inspiration, yes. He had Bichon, and he had Rojo as well. Uh, he had uh, kind of these really foundational, transcendent pieces on offense where he knew, no matter what concept they were running, that those two guys could execute the concept really well. So I'm not saying he doesn't have great players. Now, of course, he has great players on offense, but with they were different types of players. I mean, Bijan and Rojo, you can go through the air with those guys, or you can go on the ground <laughs> uh, with Bijan and Rojo 
you can't really do that the way the offense is constructed now. He doesn't necessarily know what roles the running backs are playing in the uh, running game, but running back by committee that's going on there right now. And you've had some injuries there, but Jonathan Brooks looked really, looked really good last game. And in the passing game, there have been times – just like the Wyoming game where he starts off with a high pass rate on early downs, like he did in the Bama game, by the way. In Alabama game, they were upwards of 70-plus percent in first down pass rate in that Alabama game. They were throwing a lot on early downs, but it was just an extension of the running game. There were long handoffs. He tried that a little bit in the Wyoming game, and it just didn't work. They were out of sync. Drops and all that kind of stuff. Penalties, drops, uh, bad throws. If they're going to go with that route to be you know, a passing offense, even on early downs, but with high percentage, quick, easy pass, Easy completions, they got. To, they have to execute at a really high level because if they don't, that's when they get behind the chains. That's when they get discombobulated and they have no rhythm on offense. And as you said, we're not a very good third down. No, it is. When you're third and eight <laughs> and more, eight or more, it's tough. Exactly. Hey, can I give you a stat that you're not going to believe? Give it to me. I'm going to give you a stat, and you're going <laughs> to think I'm lying to you. I love these kind of stats. You're going to say no way. Talk that's not true. Will Chamberlain stats because we already gave fake. you earlier that the the TV ratings are coming out from the weekend that the uh, ESPN game with. Colorado, Colorado State was the most watched yeah. ever in that nighttime window, that late window. Those fake sounding stats. Give it to me. At 2.15 a.m. Eastern time. Okay. 2.15 a.m. Eastern, so 1.15 here, and at the Applebee's in Greenville, Texas. <laughs> the ESPN Colorado, Colorado State game still averaged 8.2 million viewers, an audience that was more than a million viewers bigger than any of the audience on Saturday in any other game. At two two in the morning. Wow, yeah, it makes sense. Now it wasn't a great Saturday of college football. Let's not forget. We told you go get your honeydews done and take your wife to dinner or something because the games aren't great. True, but to be a million more than any other game that day, it was a good game though. At two in the morning, it was it, was, it came down to oh, the it's wire. A great game. It came all the way down to the wire, so you were captivated down to the end. I would believe you if you told me that and, stat and said no. It was they still had a great audience. But and, not a million more than any other game at any other point during that day. Well, and everybody wanted to see that post-game handshake. Whether Dion won That's or right. lost. That's right. Dion kept saying, you want to stick around for the post-game handshake? He's like, actually, I do want to see that post-game handshake. They were This team's this team been fighting, been shot dirty, uh, cheap shots taken during the games, dirty play. They actually might have something to say to each other at the end of this game in the post-game handshake. Hey, listen. Oh. Can I say that... Uh, that's amazing. That is amazing. And, and you know, man. you know, who's going to become fast friends here is Deion Sanders and Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of his new conference. Oh yeah, because he's put him on in prime time every time he came. Can we give him prime time? And we'll they're going to collaborate the on different ways to <laughs> sell sunglasses. Oh man, why why wouldn't you bring in Deion Sanders as your special advisor to the commissioner of how to market our conference better? Because you know this is what Jerry Jones has done for the NFL. Oh yeah, that's why he done for the Cowboys. The Cowboys don't win; they, they don't win championships. They ain't won championships right. in forever. But he has helped <laughs> shift the entire league. Yeah. With how he has operated his Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not since he's been this owner, they haven't won anything. We get that. That's frustrating but when he the, was just being an owner and letting Jeremy Johnson run the team. But the brand recognition. But the, yes. Ooh, through the roof. The profitability of the brand. And Deion Sanders is the same way. We, we, yep. I mean, we're all debating whether the, the, the sunglasses thing was a gimmick that he and Jay Norvell worked out ahead of time. No, no y'all are debating. I, it's my conspiracy theory. It's, <laughs> I'm telling you, I Deion called those people, and that's why he's a marketing genius. Right. So if you're Brett Yormark and he's coming into your conference, why aren't you consulting him on, hey, what else should we be doing as a conference? I agree. What else should we be doing, not just for your Colorado program, but us? Because we are about to lose Texas and Oklahoma. We need branding. And you know what they're going to do? I can tell you already. I, I know what's going to happen right now. I can tell you. I get money on it. what's going to happen right now. They are going to have a Big 12, like, 
not a music fest, but something along those lines. Remember, Brett, Brett Yarmark's a he, he, he rock loves nation, rock nation, right? So he's already having concerts, by the way, having them before the Big Twelve basketball tournament. He had them. He's got one playing like before the uh, Big Twelve championship game, something like that. He's already having like these concerts and stuff. Dion is a hip hop artist. Yeah, he actually has an album that has been uh that that has been published. All right, he got he got himself a, a song. I don't know if you want to call it a hit song, whatever. Must be the money. I would put money on it. He had Lil Wayne performing at the Colorado Colorado State game. You know Dion can bring the artist. And so can Brett Yarmark. I would I wouldn't doubt they have a big 12 like music fest before one of their one of their events and Dion performs. Dion performs must be the money. Done. There you go. And everybody's going to watch. Must be the money. Must, well, and it must be the money. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. who, who better? Because he's working oh. magic with Colorado. It's only three games, and they still may go 6-6 six and six this year, but they are must-see TV, and he's made it that. Uh, he made it to a situation where you wanted to see a handshake at the end of a game at 2.30 in the morning. He brought his mama out to help him promote <laughs> the contest, the uh, matchup with Colorado State, just because Jay Norvell brought up his mama. But listen, you've got to connect these things because – I know there are a lot of people out there listening to this right now that it, they don't like this. They don't, it turns oh, yeah. their stomach. They're not I a fan it. of Dion and the antics. I get it. But you know what? You know who pays for college football is TV networks. You know who loves this? TV networks. They love it. They will continue to prod Dion for new ideas, I promise you. Yes, they will. Uh, and Brett Yormark will be right there with him. All right, we'll come back. Mel Tucker has issued a response to Michigan State for them and their attention to Fire him for cause. We'll get to that. Uh, it's getting juicy in, in East Lansing for sure. Also, Rod will have uh, a trip behind the burn orange curtain one last time here on this Tuesday edition to bring you some Longhorn football convo. For the end of the hour, we'll get what's popping. It's Ian Rod B. Hook him up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. There's Austin's own Bob Schneider. I wonder if he's playing on ham day somewhere. But I think he is. Oh, yeah. Bob Schneider? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Uh, well, look at this. Uh, Bob Schneider on ham day. Got to find that. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, Tuesday. Done it. Uh, oh, that was, that was old. That was That's old. One. Oh, sorry about that. Got too excited. Got too excited. Love me some, <laughs> love me some Bob Schneider. Got too excited. Uh, all right, Rod, we're going to go behind the burnt orange curtain coming up. It is ham day. Help them out at myham2as.org and... Uh, Great uh, thing that makes the live music capital of the world. The live music capital of the world. Oh, it's unique, uh, appreciate man. you doing that. It's a beautiful uh, thing. They appreciate you doing that. Also, as I said earlier, I appreciate Nick Shuley. He'll be in here tomorrow. The Hook you president up, president of the Austin Music Movement. Yeah, I got the clutch. I was recording our, our latest episode of our Eyes on Texas multicast, which will come out today. Myself and Mike Craven, the senior writer at Dave Campbell's mm-hmm. Texas Football. And as we're recording the episode, recapping the Wyoming game and talking all things Texas, which we do each week. That'll be out today. Um, I get the text from Shuley that I've got an extra seat to the Jason Isbell taping and the 400 unit down at ACL Live at the Moody Theater. I was like, oh, I'm going to miss it. I wanted to see that show, and I love his new album, and I'm pretty, I was sure he's going to play most of that new album, Weather Veins, which he did. And, uh, man, what a, what a show it was. So thank you to Nick Shuley. He was clutch. He's clutch, man. It's who you know, Rod. It's not what you know. It's who you know. That uh, can apply to uh, almost any walk of life, any phase, facet of life. It really can. Certainly so. Yeah. Who you know, and yes, we appreciate is. Nick. He's a great dude. Okay, Rod. So uh, and so is Rod. Rod's going to take us behind the burn orange curtain. But I was reading this. So, all right. So this Michigan State story um, is is ugly, right? Mm-hmm. 
So Mel Tucker has responded to Michigan State's announcement that they intend to terminate him with cause. Yeah. And there's been a lot of people who believe that this is because somebody leaked this story, right? This was an ongoing investigation. Yes. And Mel Tucker's side of this with Brenda Tracy, the the former rape survivor who now She's advocates, advoc- yeah, now advocates for for women and and, and victims of speaks sexual to, speaks violence. to schools and, yes. and locker rooms about you know men and women and things that go on on college campuses. And consent is her big thing, right? About consent. Yeah. Well, so this has been going on since last year. This investigation, right? It got leaked at some point this summer, and there are people close to the football program and those on Mel Tucker's side of this thing. Oh, we got a conspiracy theory here? Well, they believe that there was someone, because somebody on the Board of Regents at Michigan State leaked this thing mm-hmm. because they wanted to be able to terminate this $97 million contract they gave to Mel Tucker. That, okay. there's, that there's some people on that board that believe they made a mistake. Because mm-hmm. remember, when he came in from Colorado, by the way, after he'd done a nice job at Colorado, he, he he had Michigan State with Kenneth Walker, the running back, and that transfer. Remember, transfer portal guy. Yeah, a lot of he jumped in the transfer. Yeah, and they and they they mm-hmm. were having a great year. Great year. And there was talk that you know LSU and some other schools in the SEC were going to come calling for Mel Tucker, so they locked him up to this ten-year contract, <laughs> kind of like the Jimbo Fisher deal. Yeah, but and now a couple of years later, that contract isn't looking as good. No. Okay. Looks terrible. Well, so how do you get out from under that? If this story is going on, leak it, and in this day and age, it's going to be cause for termination. Now, and I say that, and I'm not on either side of this. I'm just saying this was Mel Tucker's response. He says, um, I'm disappointed but not surprised to learn that MSU intends to terminate my contract over Mrs. Tracy's improper public disclosure of the entire 1,200-page investigation file regarding her baseless complaint against me. Let's be clear, I don't believe MSU plans to fire me because I admitted to an entirely consensual private relationship with another adult who gave me one presentation at MSU at my behest, who gave one, not not me, gave one presentation over two years ago. A cursory reading of the facts and timeline should cause any fair-minded person to conclude that other motives are at play here. Here here is why. And he goes on to explain Mm. in, in very thorough depth of what he thinks that he that he's getting railroaded here and that Brenda Tracy is a part of this and it's about he doesn't say it's about the contract but he, he somebody hints, wants him out from he, under that contract he implies he hints at it a little bit um i mean the details basically it is a he said she said situation here cuz basically the dispute is about consent correct he they they both at least based on the investigation they both agree that there was an interaction over the phone all right um, and he says it was consensual and that, yes, there was some you know, some phone the, sex the, or whatever right. you want to call it. He calls it phone sex. She would call it an inappropriate interaction by him. Um, but he says yeah, he, he had consent. He was pleasuring himself on the phone while talking to her. Yes. He said he had consent to do all these things that he did. All right. Uh, she says she did not give consent for him to do all that. He just kind of started doing those inappropriate things. Um, and that's really wh- where the difference of opinion is. Right. And what he's also saying is we, we can we can disagree on he said she said there, but this thing should have never been leaked. Mm-hmm. If this hasn't been leaked, this was a school and this was a Title IX investigation, and then the school was doing an invest. There were two separate investigations in Michigan State. And his argument, I think, is A, this was consensual on my part. She's making this allegation. That is yet to be proven. Same time, the reason I'm getting fired for cause is that, that this report was leaked and it's out. 
And so now it's hard for me to come back from that. And it's not because of what happened here. It's because they went out from under the $100 million contract, right? Uh, we'll see. That's well, It's not the only thing it's about. It is about consent. I mean, sure. <laughs> if she consented to that action, then you are well within your right. If the woman did not consent to it, well, for then sure. but, you but, but, but don't if need to but expose if yourself and do things like that. So it is about, it's, it's he said, she said. We don't know. Yeah, but, but but my point is that not not that rod. My point is if, if if the report whoever leaked it hadn't leaked it, we wouldn't know about any of this. That's very true. But you don't know if there's a member of the media that have been working on the story for a long time either. You you think it was somebody on the inside that leaked it? You don't know that. You don't know if there's been a reporter working on that beat that actually found the story. So we don't know that. Well, no. This, this, is, this is a conspiracy theory. If somebody leaked it on the inside, they they had motive, an ulterior motive to leak it. This is his. Well, uh, even the people at USA Today, somebody got it to USA Today. They didn't dig for this. This was given to USA Today. Well, if he's right, he's going to get his bag. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, more than that ninety-five. Right, he's not going to be well, coaching Mississippi. He's, he's trying to fight for some of this money. Not necessarily because he's got to prove that somebody leaked it from inside Mississippi State. And I don't know if he. No, Michigan I'm sorry, State. Michigan State. But I don't know if he. Can, how can he prove that? Well, you can read the statement. He's he's going to court yeah, you on can, this. You can you can you can throw out theories all you want. Can you prove that somebody within the administration leaked this investigation, or whether just a member of the media who actually did that did that due diligence and they found the story? Can you prove that they found it or that they give it up? I mean, you'd have to get in court, and then they'd have to subpoena whoever from U.S. Exactly. You know. It's that's hard it's, to do with it's a muddy waters. Think about it, you go. That, there's a reason these administrations they got lawyers on retainer. I'm sure he's got one too. They got a team of them. For sure. Well, there's no, and Michigan State's already had their share of scandals, right? The Larry Nassar situation. Um, No, I mean, this is about, much like Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, and his was, you know, there were more than one person, right? There were a lot of players who claimed uh, what was going on with the hazing. Um, And, but in this case, it's he said versus, because he says this was a perfectly consensual adult interaction. Yep. That she is, you know, so whatever that is. But at the same time, Somehow that investigation, which was supposed to be completely locked up in private, got yeah. put out. And uh, now, look, I mean, you think about this. You went from having a, a pretty ironclad nine-year contract worth upwards of $90 million, mm-hmm. and now you're going to be fired for cause with no money, and no one's hiring you. Oh, no. No way. So, of course, you're going to fight for some of that cash. Yep. Okay. I don't think there's any doubt about it. All right, and let's go. And they'll, and they'll end up settling. Yes. You know, up, oh, somewhere yeah. in the middle where it's oh, like, yeah. all right, we I'm want not, you gone, hey. but we're not giving you that whatever $90 million deal. You'll get nine. <laughs> Chris Beard got hired pretty fast. He did. And that was, but I was in say, person two and physical. Things, two things about Chris Beard. He's proven he's a better coach in his profession That's true. than Mel Tucker, number one. That shouldn't matter. <laughs> oh, it does. I know it does, <laughs> it but shouldn't. it shouldn't. It shouldn't, but it does. And I would say afterwards, they the there was, there was more – Public relations work done on Chris Beer's behalf. Well, remember she people. retracted. She they, retracted. Yeah, the, like the exactly. Claim. That was yeah. That was yeah. You know, what I mean, he had some work done to try to. Oh, she retracted the statement. And, yeah, but um, she retracted it after they fired him. No. Yes. No. Really? You sure? I'm pretty sure they fired it, it him, and late. then like two days later. Maybe like, no. Nah, I don't know if it was after. I think it was after he was like suspended. 
or right? Well, no, she retracted before he was fired. Yes. But then he was fired, and then the DA decided not to press any charges. Dropped so no out, charges yeah. were ever filed yeah. against Chris Beard. Uh, all right, so, by the way, that contract for Mel Tucker was 10 years, $95 million. 10 years, $95 million signed just in 2021. So mm. we'll follow that story as it yeah. develops. And some people said if if he did something inappropriate, why didn't she just hang up the phone or whatever if it was Correct. over the phone? We don't know the details of that kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, we have no idea. Those are details Fired that we're not privy to. for moral turpitude. Can we go behind the burnt orange curtain? Let's do it. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Okay. Steve Sarkeesian met with the media yesterday for his uh, media availability Monday press conference to talk about the upcoming opponent, but also to review uh, last week's uh, opponent, which was the Wyoming Cowboys. He talked about a number of different things. One of the big topics of conversation was about the Texas passing game and how disappointing the Texas passing game was versus Wyoming. Here's Steve Sarkeesian talking about what may have gone wrong with the passing game versus the Wyoming Cowboys. I think just every aspect of the passing game needs to improve. You know, it just we felt like we just weren't we weren't as sharp. You know, we had a, a protection breakdown in there. Um, didn't have the best play calls predicated on what the coverages were. I think Quinn could have could have probably made a couple throws that he normally would make. So everybody kind of took their turn, and that's again that's not to make excuses. We all have to be better, and and that you know again you think passing game, you think play call, and you think quarterback. And most notably, you, both of us need to be better. Um, but I think everybody else needs to be better as well. And so we all got to take responsibility uh, of that. Uh, and we're going to need our passing game, as we know. And so, again, I'm not going to let one game kind of knock me off my rocker on this one. Um, we were really good throwing the ball for two weeks, especially in week two. Um, it wasn't as clean as we wanted to. The lucky part for us, we have a run game that we can lean in on, a defense that can we can count on in special teams. Um, but we'll, we'll get that fixed, and, and we'll go out and, and play much better in the passing game this week. All right, there you go. Start talking about the struggles in the passing game. I think a big part of it is I think in the Bama game, Sark did a great job of getting his quarterback in a rhythm, getting him in a groove. I, there is a part of Quinn's game that is streaky, like a streaky shooter. Um, there's a big. We've seen this actually all throughout his short career here at Texas, that when he gets hot and when he goes on this kind of completion streak that he does seem to get in a rhythm and he does seem to become a lot more confident uh, as a passer um, and I think in this game versus Wyoming maybe he tried some of that but it was it was a failed uh, venture to try to get Quinn in a rhythm and in a groove early on I think he is streaky and you got to try to get him early on in that kind of hot streak area um, yeah. and they didn't do that in that Wyoming game that was clear yeah well, I, I don't know. You go back and look at the play-by-play. -play. They tried. I mean, they threw three passes on the first drive that were all incomplete after they fell behind first and 15. They came back out and threw again, and I think Jonte Cook dropped the ball. Either way, they were disjointed, and they were trying to go quick passing game, but it was just off. And how much of that rod is footwork for Quinn Ewers? When he, when he is streaky, you know, sometimes it feels like he's not, you know, stepping into the throws and using the proper fundamentals that, that kind of reverts at times, or is that just having a bad night? I think when he's in the quick game and the short to intermediate throws, I think his footwork is actually pretty good. It's when he's got a process yes. um, and going vertically downfield with some of the routes. That's when usually the, the footwork suffers is when you're forcing him to read and diagnose a defense pre-snap and post-snap. But the quick throws, the RPO throws, I mean, he's got one tag he knows he's going through. Now, some people would say – 
he sometimes he predetermines his RPO. Sure. You're supposed to you know base base your RPO uh, on the box count, and if it's the numbers advantage in the box, you hand it off. If not, then you're gonna throw it. And the the, the tag to X Man early, like the first incompletion to X Man. Um, there are some people that believe he almost he already predetermined that throw to X Man and that he was gonna go there. Sark does have what he calls a fake RPO, which is <laughs> it's not an actual RPO but looks like an RPO and has all the, the the presentation of an RPO. So you could have had that in that situation as well. Um, but yeah, I mean RPO is supposed to be part of his the you know the easy completions is what Sark calls them. He calls them opportunity throws, but opportunities for an easy completion. That's what he led off the game with. Some RPO throws that should that should be a part of the game plan to get Quinn in a rhythm. Usually, he's really good in the RPO game. Uh, like you said they were just off for a number of different reasons versus Wyoming, and maybe one of them was they do play the three high three down. It's just it's just a different look, same coverages, same pressure packages, just a different presentation. Maybe the presentation you know threw Quinn off a little bit. Well, and I thought the sound we played earlier this hour from the Wyoming head coach Craig Bowl was was on point where he said. In my experience, after you have a huge win like that, a lot of times you're just a little off. You kind of come back to earth a little bit, and uh, we anticipated that, and uh, that's why we were not to let them get going and uh, kept everything in front of us and didn't put our uh, our secondary in tough spots, which made it tougher on uh, on the Longhorns. Uh, all right, so uh, well, no, 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 this says, I hope nobody is Mel Tuckering themselves um, while they text y'all. Did we just yeah. make Mel Tuckering a verb now? What are we mm. doing? See, that's why I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I never really got into uh, the phone sex I was and stuff ask, like that. Is that like an older generation? It, well, yes, because what, you used to before yeah. you had the internet on your phone and had the internet in general. You had to what, for long distance relationships. Oh, yeah, and people yeah. would call phone sex lines. I know that. Yeah, I've never personally done that. I mean, well, no, they don't really advertise those in the middle of the night like they used to. Yeah, well, now you don't need them because you you, you call somebody else and you can FaceTime and you can actually see Go them. Only fans or whatever only that fans. is. Yeah, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about like with a partner over the phone. Now you guys just send you know sex. You just send sex messages and you just send each other junk shots. Oh. True, right, true. this is the thing. So your generation is a little different. These that Mel Tucker is a little bit older. So is Brenda Tracy. So they're kind of going kind of old school with it. Usually, you just kind of send each other, you know, like six sexy texts. This is odd. You sex each other. It's an odd situation. It, it is, is very odd. odd. It's it very. Is, it's I weird. can see both sides being partly right in this and, I, and wrong. I just don't understand. My thing is. How do you, how do you not get consent to do that? If, yeah, I know that's what I I'm saying. Goes, what is that? Yeah, like what the were phone, they, the phone conversation started? So yes, what were they yes, talking about? That you. that would happen. They, and they, they weren't talking about politics. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and they clearly had had like an in person consensual Correct. relationship. No doubt. And that's what he's saying. And exactly. Then she took like, it to we've sex. done this before. And and she's not claiming assault. She's claiming sexual harassment. She's saying that that was an, it was an inappropriate interaction over the phone. That she did not consent to whatever he did. And my thing was, a, did he do something and then do something really wild? Like she was like, oh, because my thing was consent evolves. I had to tell kids all the time, consent evolves. Just because she consented to the first part does not mean she consents to the next part. Right. You have to get consent all the way through the deed. Every every step of it. Hey, you like this? You like that? Yeah, that's what dirty talk is. Get consent. Right? Yeah, but get it, consent for it from, every from time. Hundreds of miles away. Yeah, what is exactly. he gonna be like? Hey, um, can I can I? Right. I'm about to say something real weird. Is, exactly. is that cool? He probably is that cool. He like, probably said something that wasn't supposed to say in that moment. You gotta be able to gauge that. Yeah. But, right, but that, and and in Mel Tucker's you statement, you can't talk a racial least. slur on me if we're talking, if we're having, if we're, if we're having sex, and you're talking dirty to me. You should drop a racial slur on me. Just, you think I'm just going to take it? Or I'm going to be like, whoa, hold up. No, I'm not saying that's what he did. My point is, you can say things during dirty talk that can be highly offensive. Right? If you judge the room wrong, it's still a phone. It's the but phone is that call a fireable and, offense? It, right? uh, yeah. 
Is that uh, a, when you have two consenting adults who, who consensually got on the phone together? I, I'm not saying it's is fireable. that a fireable I'm offense. I'm just talking about how consent can get really sure. convoluted and confusing. 100%. Right? But that, but what, it what, what, what Mel Tucker is saying in his statement is this is not why I'm being fired. You're firing me because this got out and you wanted it to get out. Yes. And you didn't want to pay me 10 years, $195 million. Now, Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> that you, makes a lot of sense. I agree with that. I don't know if you can prove it. I, I like the conspiracy well, theory. Well, then I would turn and say, Mel, you're dumb for letting, for that, letting this happen. When you had a ten-year, ninety-five million-dollar contract, and you coach at Michigan State, ding, 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 ding. This, this, you know, yeah. Why are you trying to hook up with the lady you're inviting for a sexual assault seminars? Come so, on, that's another. That's, question. that's, that's, that's undefeated. The, that was the first mistake. Come on, man. No matter like, no matter what, like that. Uh, there's on. a lot of trauma there that you're trying to right re-traumatize. Like, what's happening here? We'll come, come back when we do. We will uh, <laughs> let you know what's popping. Tonight. Aaron Hogan. You just gotta keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. E and Rod B. On the horn. What's poppin'? Who you Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that it's like stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. What's poppin'? Oh, what do you got poppin' today? You gonna start watching some Baylor film? Some Dave Aranda Baylor film? I am watching some Baylor film uh, right now. Um, so I'm doing that today. That'll be part of what's poppin'. Also, did you watch the latest Billions? I did. Oh, yeah. Watched that last night. That was good. It is good. It was good, man. It, it, Billions is. This is the last season. Oh, man. It might be the best season. Yeah. It might. The last season might be the best season. Billions That's rare. on Showtime. Oh, and yeah. I, good show. I'm kept in on that. And then, of course, I told you yesterday that show, Winning Time, the Lakers show, it just ended. Just yeah. ended. Did they, no, did they end it abruptly? Or was it, oh, yeah. what, was it actually supposed to end, scheduled to end right now? No, it wasn't. Because so, remember, it's based on a Jeff Perlman book. And the, uh, the whole show started at Magic Johnson's press conference where he was announcing that he had the HIV virus. And then they flash back. And then it drops back to yeah. when, he, you know, Jerry Buss buys the Lakers, and yeah. he's at Michigan State. And it's supposed to work its way back up to the you, present. Yeah, you're, or whatever that you're, was. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 I think there was the, 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 the plan to write it right back to that point okay. and tell that whole story. But it ended after they lost to the Celtics in the 84 finals. Something happened. Right, well, as I said, it's a writer's strike, I think. And oh, they, is that what it is? And they, the, the funding and HBO dropped it. Well, you can always pick it up late. I don't know why they literally had to come out definitively and say, it's done. We're, it's know, discontinuing. Yeah, they could always say, oh, when the writer's strike, you know, when it, when it actually is over, then we can, you know, revisit it or whatever. They just decided to end it, which is weird because it was so popular. It People was loved good. it. That was a good show. Yeah. And well acted. And Jerry, John C. John, oh, John C. Riley was really good as Jerry Buss. And that was just heating up because he was getting divorced from his wife and she was trying to take all the money and get the team. And oh, man. His daughter is kind of coming to. Uh, you know, Jean- Jeannie Buss, who ended up in charge, right? You see her kind of rising oh, in that Oh, you got a young Jeannie Buss in there? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Hey, also, what's not popping? Okay, so this whole American League West race and baseball, Rod? Yep. It should be popping, but it's not. Because nobody damn wants it. <laughs> I give you these numbers. The Astros have lost 13 of their last 18 at home. Yeah, that's crazy. In the month of September, the Astros are 7-9, and nine, the Rangers are 7-10, and 10, and the Mariners are 6-11. and 11. The hell? Who wants to go win this dang thing? It's anybody's race right now. I know, and it if is. any one of these teams that got can get hot, feels like they'll just separate and they'll be they'll be their division. What do you got? How many games? Like fifteen? What do you got? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. So yeah, like, yeah, like something like like maybe twelve. Something twelve like. games. Twelve games. And so the Orioles beat the Astros last night. Turns out, according to some uh, internet sleuths, they've discovered that Ryan Presley, the Astros closer, is tipping his pitches. You know, Presley's a great fastball then curveball pitcher, and someone un- uncovered that he's. 
you know, tapping his glove on the fastball, but not on the curveball. Ooh. So he's tipping his pitches. And last night he gave up a hit, a hit, and a home run. Mm. And they lose the game. They were up 7 5. They ended up losing 8 7. Meanwhile, the Rangers had already lost. Uh, Mariners did wow. beat Oakland. So it's still popping, but one of these teams wants, needs to go get this thing. I'll tell you what's popping, though the Orioles, because the Orioles have the best record in the American League. They, had, they have a ton of comeback wins like they had last night. Uh, they're fun to watch, that, that uh, young Baltimore Orioles team. But Astros' magic number to clinch the West is 11. Seven is their magic number to clinch a postseason berth. So I'll be watching the baseball tonight, Rod. Uh, that's cool. I like that. Uh, there's another uh, show I just got done watching um, on uh, Paramount Lioness. It was actually, it wasn't bad. I got finished it this past weekend. Let you know. Pretty good. Oh, the I Lioness. The, I saw an advertisement it's for worth, it. It's worth the watch. Good cast, too. Zoe Saldana. You Ooh. got um, Nicole Kidman's in it. Morgan Freeman's in it for a while. Good cast. Good quality cast. So there you go. Another show, Lioness. Might yeah. be worth your time. Not yeah. bad. It's on Paramount, though, if you got Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. Paramount+, Plus isn't worried about the writer's strike because they got Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. He's just writing all the damn shows. Well, you, well, he ain't on writer's strike. <laughs> well, did you see that he... Um, that they debuted Yellowstone from its the first episode on CBS the other night after the oh they, now oh really yeah because then they don't have any any new content oh that's right but but Taylor Sheridan he ain't taking no strike so, he ain't writing no he ain't well no those are already strike. written and in the can they yeah. own those they do. but 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 to, but to watch Yellowstone previously you had to have Paramount mm-hmm. so they're trying to capitalize a make the bad of a, best of a bad situation because there's no new shows coming online so they took that show and they put it on big CBS Mm-mm. from episode one with Kevin Costner for that. Uh, I don't know, but it did it did huge ratings. Did huge ratings on Sunday night because it came after the Deion Sanders sixty minutes interview. Well, so and it of was course popping. because some people haven't seen, I guess, Yellowstone because no, they, they didn't have Paramount. Yeah, yeah, now you put it there, or they just didn't catch it, and I now they're starting it, yeah. back from front from the first episode, which it's going to do very well. I would it imagine definitely will do well. Yeah, it, it will because you're right. It those first how many what seasons on. Five, four, five. five, yeah. five. It, 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 I've stopped watching. It jumped it after the shark. The yes, it jumped the shark after season three. But the first couple episodes are good. The first couple seasons. seasons are really good, really, really good. So we'll see. That's their their game plan at CBS. Hey, it's um, mm. nice. How about like this that. from our friend CJ Vogel on Twitter? This is not popping. Texas and Baylor have played every year in football since 1944. This will be the last game. Hey, all things must come to an end. It's okay. Including right. including Ty's Sex Panther pick winning streak because he went with Cleveland last night, mm. even though the Steelers hadn't lost a game on Monday Night Football at home in 32 years. He went with his gut. Got to go with your gut, Ty. What do you have tonight, Ty? Taking the night off. Taking the night off? We're not getting a Sex Panther pick? I just can't bet on baseball anymore. I'm sorry. That Phil Mickelson. Until well, once Maction, mid, midweek Maction comes, that's where the real money's made on Monday and Tuesday. Ooh, the so. Mid-American Conference like is coming your Maction. way. Rod, have a great Tuesday, man. Good, you too, brother. Enjoy watching that Baylor film. That quarterback, Sawyer Robertson, is not very good. Yeah, I won't watch much of it. <laughs> kind of like Deshaun Watson last night. How much are they paying Deshaun Watson? Two, what, 230 guaranteed? Holy cow, was he bad last night. Mm. All right. Hey, Ty, have a great night, too. If you missed any part of our program, make sure you uh, go listen to the podcast at hornfm.com. And benefit if you can. Donate if you can to the Ham Benefit Day, myham.org. That's my ham with two A's. Health Alliance, for, uh, Health Alliance for Austin Musician. And get out and see some live music today. Weather's nice. Got live music all over town. They got a full calendar and schedule there at that website. Get out and check it out. We'll be talking about it tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Nick Shuley will be here at 930 with Setlist ATX. And we'll get you ready and up over the hump for Texas, Baylor, and a great Big 12 weekend in the NFL Week 3. Have a great one. It's all podcast at hornfm.com. Jim Rome next. Rich Eisen follows Sports Complex 5-7 to 7 with Patrick.